0: Welcome to the Natural Health 365 Talk Hour. I'm your host, Jonathan Landsman. As a quick reminder, Natural Health 365 Talk Hour show recordings, special events, and discounts are available exclusively for Inner Circle monthly subscribers. Simply click the banner on this page and subscribe now. And by the way, for all of you who become Inner Circle subscribers, I do a video conference call. You could be on phone or video, and it gives us a chance to all connect together and help each other out. So uh, thank you very much for your support. Our show today, Building a Healthy Child Naturally. Our guest is a naturopathic doctor and clinical director of Advanced Naturopathic Medical Center in Calgary, Alberta. She is a leading authority in the field of naturopathic medicine, specializing in European biological medicine. In addition, our guest is well-regarded and highly sought after for her unique approach to treating disease and for her ability to effectively treat the tough cases such as autoimmune disease and even cancer. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Melina Roberts to our show. Dr. Roberts, welcome. Thank you,
1: Jonathan. I'm honored to be here.
0: Oh, I should have said welcome back. It's so nice to have you again. This show is for educational purposes only. Always consult a trusted healthcare provider for medical issues that concern you and make an informed decision. For more information about Dr. Roberts, you can visit advancednaturopathic.com. And by the way, for those who are interested, Dr. Roberts also has written a book, which is really the focus of our program today. It's really beautiful. Simple to read. It's called Building a Healthy Child, and I recommend that everybody who's interested in this kind of topic go out and get the book because it's really a great guide. Dr. Roberts, why did you write this book, Building a Healthy Child?
1: Uh, You see, when I was a kid, I had really bad allergies and eczema. Really, everything I ate, I would just break out in rashes, too. And when I became a mother, I wondered if it was possible for her to not have to suffer the same kind of health challenges that I had. So I spent years researching, and I discovered, I came across these three main concepts that have now become the foundation of my food introduction plan. I discovered that it was possible to build a child's health from day one, from the ground up, and that with doing that, that I could prevent Uh, common childhood ailments, as well as be able to build a solid foundation for long-term health. Now, this plan didn't just benefit my daughter. I was able to help hundreds of my patients be able to build their health. So the reason I wrote this book was for the longest time, this information has just been available to my patients. And people said to me, you know, not everyone can afford to come see you, Dr. Roberts. So uh, what I did was I broke down the information, I synthesized it into what parents really need to know, and I made this book available to the masses through my new book, Building a Healthy Child. And another reason is that I think that, you know, a lot of people think that they're at the whim of their genetics, that they don't have any control over their child's health. And this book really shows that you can have control uh, at building your child's health.
0: You know, Dr. Roberts, and it's so, not so much directed at you as much as the people listening to this program. I want you to understand what a heartfelt feeling this is for me in doing a program like this. I know we talk about problems so much, but when I'm looking at things like raising a healthy child, and of course we think of things like breastfeeding, it's being demonized, literally, no exaggeration at all, in the mainstream media. You know, something about this whole idea of a mother and even a father out there, for all the men out there, you know, I want you guys to man up out there to be interested in something natural or holistic in the mainstream media is quickly still becoming this demonized thing where they're turning it more into you're a conspiracy theorist or something really weird. I know it's bizarre for the people, most of the people listening to this program, to hear this kind of information. But for those that are new to this information, it really is the truth. You go to listen to most news reports on TV, the radio, or even in print, And they'll say things like, you know, breastfeeding, certainly in print, is something that's natural, but they're afraid that that might steer people away from things that are unnatural, heaven forbid. I mean, very twisted senses of logic. You know what I'm talking about, right, Dr. Roberts?
1: I do, unfortunately, yeah. Um, Yeah, and so that's what I want to do is I want to really educate people on um, why this is helpful for children, and I want to give the science behind it, too.
0: And That's what I love about what we're going to get into. We're going to be talking specifically about introducing foods and what is different about this food introduction program that Dr. Roberts has compared to certainly what most people are hearing when they go to some of these well visits, which I know in the United States, Dr. Roberts, these well visits are really just all about, okay, let's look at uh, what kind of vaccines your kid has had. And we got to just get them up to speed. But there's certainly no talk about foods, the allergies that kids may have. So, talk to us about what's so different about your food introduction program. Well,
1: really, like I haven't seen any other program like this. Um, It was really what I was looking for when I had my child. And when I started doing my research, I came across these three main concepts, as I said before, that have really become the foundation of my. Building a Healthy Child Program. The first one, and your audience is probably familiar with this term because it's a very well-researched term, And uh, but it's about building that he- healthy microbiome. And that microbiome is the ecosystem of microbes, their colonies, bacteria, and fungus that live within our digestive tract. And this system is really essential for... Um, per- Uh, uh, how we process nutrients, it's how our immune system functions, it's really important in terms of preventing disease progression. And it's really important that that microbiome is really diverse and that diversity can actually determine our overall health and our longevity. And what I came across, which was really interesting to me, was that we actually acquire our own unique foundation of microbes in that digestive tract between the ages of birth and age three. And really, we are, we are acquiring this foundation, first of all, um, through the uh, vaginal birth canal. That's our first introduction to those microbes. And then through breastfeeding, And then in those early years, how we introduce foods really plays a big role in increasing the diversity and building that healthy microbiome. The second major concept in terms of my food introduction plan is this thing called ontogenetics. And it's the understanding that our organs begin to develop in the womb, and then they reach full maturation at different stages outside the womb. So we need to be introducing foods in line with how the organs mature in order to support proper growth and development. Now, I'll just give you some examples of how that works, is that like when an infant is born, they're actually born with this hyperpermeable digestive tract, which means that really anything that's in that digestive tract can easily move into the bloodstream. So we have to be really cautious what we put into this digestive tract. Another point is that um, the blood-brain barrier isn't actually fully developed until uh, around 12 months of age. So that means that that barrier that protects the nervous system is not fully developed. So we have to be, again, really careful what we put into the body in that first year of life. Another key point is that um, the pancreas doesn't reach full maturation until around two years of age, and the pancreas releases enzymes that help to break down uh, carbohydrates or grains. And so really, we shouldn't be introducing grains into the diet until around two years of age, because before then, that pancreas isn't fully developed and can't effectively break down that food. The fourth point is that that digestive tract is formed around age three. So again, between birth and age three is where we really need to focus on um, building that foundation of health in that digestive tract. Um, Another point is that the liver doesn't reach full maturation until around four or five years of age. And the liver, what it's doing is it's your body's major detoxifying organ. So we have a liver that's not working at full strength. So we definitely don't want to be sticking a whole bunch of toxins into the body because, first of all, we have a liver that's not working at full capacity. But then we also have the fact that um, the, they're so little that their capacity for toxins is actually lower. And then the immune system also, it doesn't reach full maturation until around age seven. So that means that the early years, we're working with an immature, underdeveloped immune system. So you've got to be really careful with that immune system in terms of fostering it. The third main concept in terms of my food introduction program that it's all based around is that our bodies are hardwired since really the beginning of human existence Our systems have been hardwired to eat real, nutrient-dense foods from the earth, not chemically-latent, processed, sugar-filled, food-like products. Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of people eating processed foods, and I think we really know this because when you go into a grocery store, you know about 90% of the food in a grocery store in a regular grocery store is processed in a package. And this is also one of the first foods that the conventional system is recommending that we we introduce to to kids. They're recommending that we introduce cereals as a first food, which is a food that's really a man-made food because it's stripped of its nutrients and then fortified with some some nutrients because it lacks so many so many nutrients. And then our food supply is really infiltrated with chemicals. We have pesticides and herbicides, insecticides, antibiotics, hormones, preservatives, food additives, and dyes. So, so many chemicals in our food supply. And then a lot of our foods have been manipulated, so they've been genetically altered, or if you stick them in a microwave, those proteins actually shift and change. And so all of this makes it really challenging for the bodies to be able to break down. So really, when it comes down to it, we need to be feeding our children foods that their bodies can recognize and then turn into useful fuels. So that's the basis of my plan.
0: Dr. Roberts, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the benefits? I mean, you mentioned something at the beginning of the show, which I can really picture as something that happens millions of times Maybe even a day in a doctor's office where a mother is so worried about their child with a fever, runny nose, you know, crying their head off because they're in so much pain. The mother is, you know, and I say this respectfully, very disconnected from more of a holistic, natural way of caring for the child. And it's just flipping out, right? Doesn't know what to do, but... Talk about some of the benefits of really just kind of getting grounded in this program that you like to teach your patients about.
1: Yes. So so there's lots of benefits to feeding our kids this way. And um, really, I've come across three major ones. One is that um, with this, we're able to prevent common digestive disturbances, So um, the colic, the excessive spitting up, the abdominal bloating, the gas, the constipation, diarrhea, Um, a lot of people think that those are just common things that kids go through. But if we introduce foods correctly, we can actually prevent these common digestive disturbances. Um, The other thing that we can prevent as well with introducing foods the proper way is we can prevent common childhood health issues like skin rashes, allergies, eczema, chronic air infections, asthma, and then even some neurological symptoms in terms of mood swings, irritability, behavioral problems. And then I think one of the most significant things that we're doing when we build that solid foundation is that we can prevent chronic disease um, in adults if we if we have a solid foundation right from the beginning. And I think that's pretty awesome.
0: Wouldn't it be amazing if, like, here in the United States, I see this picture almost every single day, Dr. Roberts, if, like, someone at the cash register were to say, you know, Mommy, you can't buy that for your kid because the kid will flip out if you buy that candy for them, you know? I mean, it would be even better if it was illegal. But the point is all of this stuff out there that parents are buying for their children because – They feel like they love their child or, you know, the child is being the best salesperson in the the world, tugging at their pants. Oh, can I buy this? Can I buy this? Please, mommy, please. And then they go and they get it and they don't think about the consequences of all of this. I mean, it just blows my mind every day when I see this kind of stuff being given to kids. And I really just think that it's so much of this is that the parents aren't thinking about what we're talking about today. So, Dr. Roberts, just talk about this a little bit more the importance of introducing certain foods. And of course, what kind of foods do you recommend that are best to give our kids, say from the beginning of life, you know, and then as we go through some of the stages? Talk to us about it
1: sure. Um, I'll give you the general recommendations of my program. One is that um, I'm a strong believer in breastfeeding and that um, a child should be exclusively breastfed for the first six months. And I totally understand that there are some moms who um, aren't able to breastfeed or aren't able to produce enough milk. In my book, I do include homemade formula recipes as substitutions because I also don't believe that there's any or I haven't seen good commercial formulas out there. I encourage breastfeeding for at least one year, um, introducing solids at six months, and, and then the, in terms of that six months, what you want to be introducing is you want to be introducing the hyperallergenic foods, um, hyperallergenic cooked vegetables. Um, some of those examples would be like squash, broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, beans, uh, at eight months, I'd recommend that you put in some fruits. So this adds some sweetness to their to their palate. You get uh, applesauce, apricots, bananas, berries at this age. To peaches, plums, and then at ten months, that's when we're going to introduce um, some proteins. So and some tougher to tougher tougher to digest vegetables at this stage as well, and then. So this is when you're doing beef or chicken or egg yolks. Um, and then those tougher to metabolize vegetables would be spinach and parsnips and Swiss chard. Uh, usually we're still curing at this point too. And then at 12 months is when I suggest that, um, that you can introduce goat's milk and as well as more of your acidic fruits and vegetables. And this is t- 12 months tends to be when mums are uh, weaning off of breastfeeding, so the goat's milk is a good time to be replacing the breast milk with the goat's milk. Uh, 18 months is introducing some complex carbohydrates and and shellfish, and so these will be your beans, lentils, nuts, except for peanuts, rice seeds, and then at 24 months, so this is around two years of age, this is when I can introduce grains. And then I'll also introduce your hyperallergenic foods. And again, I always point out that we can introduce those hyperallergenic foods. And so that's like the cow's dairy and the wheat. But we still never want them to be staples in a child's diet. And then I wait um, to that the first introduction of peanuts is around three years of age. So we're waiting quite a bit to introduce that hyperallergenic food, which, you know, we're starting to see so much of those, those peanut allergies. And then the other ones um, being cautious of as well is around, um, I'm also waiting for egg yolks, which is a hyperallergenic food, and nuts around two years of age. So those are the, the general guidelines of my program.
0: And Dr. Roberts, of course, people have to be mindful of the source of their food. I mean, go to farmer's markets, watch out for non-organic foods. You've got glyphosate being sprayed, you know, are the active ingredient in the herbicide Roundup created by our, you know, most hated company in the world, Monsanto. You know, that product is sprayed in so many places like the wheat, all these processed foods. You know, this is where digestive problems come from, No.
1: I think so, too, and so I think that we have to be really mindful of where the sources of the foods are coming from and that 's why I really strongly recommend that um, people are using organic feeding our children organic foods and really it 's because you know like our foods are sprayed with pesticides and fertilizers, and our animal proteins are given you know uh, antibiotics and growth hormones and and they're fed food that's filled with pesticides or they're GMO grains that the animals are even being fed, and so that what's happening is that that toxic load in our in our kids' food supply, even if you're feeding them right foods, is, is super challenging on the body. so if we can reduce that toxic load by feeding them better foods, then we can um, decrease that toxic load and make it easier for their their systems to just function the way they're designed to function so yeah i'm a a strong strong believer in that we need to be recommending that we are that kids are eating organic foods or um, wild animal proteins or uh, organic grass-fed animal proteins
0: in the second half of this program we're going to talk quite a bit more about digestive health why that's so important We're going to get all of that information from Dr. Roberts. We're also going to ask her about other factors that we should be considering when introducing foods to our kids. I also want to let you know that at the end of the show, we are going to have a conversation about the vaccines because it's big in the news these days, what to do, what not to do, things to consider that are very important, right? And also for you people out there, Who don't have kids that are young, you know, what are we supposed to do if our kids are older and they've already gone through some sort of, let's say, trauma of eating, you know, not the best food or they've, you know, gone through some other health crisis of some kind or another. We're going to talk about what you need to know at the end of the show. As a quick reminder, Natural Health 365 Talk Hour show recordings like the one you're listening to right now. Special events and discounts are available exclusively for Inner Circle monthly subscribers. Simply click the banner on this page and subscribe today. And again, just so you know, we do have brand new for 2016 these video conference calls that i personally run once a month for our natural 365 inner circle subscribers so it's a nice way for us all to connect with each other and help each other out so i look forward to connecting with you on that call dr roberts why is digestive health so important especially when we're talking about the kids out there right
1: yeah well I'd say, like, in my practice, I actually see a lot of chronic disease and cancer. And what I've really come to understand is that um, the key to long-term health really lies in the digestive tract. That if, if I'm always working on healing up the digestive tract, that's, you know, really important. And if we can get these kids on the right track right from the beginning, then we can actually decrease a lot of problems. And the reason digestive health is really so important is, one, it's, it's where we take in our foods and absorb the nutrients from the foods we're eating. And when we absorb those nutrients, those nutrients are the basis of every cell in our body. So it's really important how well that digestive tract works because that's what's absorbing the nutrients from all the foods we're eating and nut- nurturing all of our cells another component is that our digestive tract is it's our barrier from the outside world it decides what comes in and what stays out so that digestive tract is playing a big part in terms of our immune system um, and it's also making sure that um, things that really shouldn't be in our body that doesn't support our body doesn't get in so that's why another important part why we need to want to Build it right from the beginning, and another key component is about you know seventy to eighty percent of our lymphatic tissue is actually housed in our digestive tract and our lymphatic system, what it is is it 's a system that cleans up all the tissues of our body um, and moves toxic loads out and that lymphatic system um, because so much is housed in that digestive tract. If we're eating the wrong foods or there's a high amount of toxins in our system, that lymphatic system can get really congested. And when it gets congested, then you can see congestion happening um, elsewhere in the body where the lymphatic system isn't properly draining. And so that's when you can also see increased mucus and allergies showing up. Um, And then another key component as well is that the lymphatic system also drains um, the head and neck and the brain and the nervous system and so if we're putting toxicity into the digestive tract that same those same toxins can also be circulating throughout the brain as well and be affecting that neurological function so there's there's a huge connection between the brain and the gut um, and that's that's a whole other lecture in there too but this is these are key components why digestive health is so important and why we need to be taking
0: care of it. Dr. Roberts, I want to talk about some of these other factors that we should be considering or I should say what you're teaching your patients about when it comes to introducing foods, certainly introducing those foods to young children. But before we get there, you're talking about toxins and the assault on the body. I think we can all appreciate this, right? vaccines are always in the news. They're always on the minds of people. I think people are waking up more and more in terms of just simply questioning everything. What's in our food? What's in our beverages? What is inside these vaccines? I never read the vaccine insert before. It's all about transparency and learning more what do you teach your patients about when it comes to vaccines? How do you deal with this topic?
1: I, I just think uh, everyone needs to become educated on the topic. I think that there's pros and cons to both. We we need to understand that there's risk factors if you get vaccinated, and there's risk factors if you don't get vaccinated. And I think it's a huge responsibility on the parent's side in order to educate themselves on both sides of the story. And to realize what your risk factors are, and and then to um, make the appropriate decisions. And I think there, you know, there's a lot of information out there in terms of um, the benefits of vaccinations, but there's actually not a lot of information out there on on the risk factors. But there's lots of great books out there, and and what I recommend that uh, my patients do is actually go out there and read those books and and become educated on the whole issue around vaccinations.
0: Dr. Roberts, I agree with you. I think it's about having an informed consent, you know, in too many medical offices, too many healthcare providers are just sort of rolling their eyes at what parents are questioning these days and saying, "Oh, there's nothing to worry about." But people should know that there is a, an injury in the United States. There is a vaccine court, if you will, that's awarding millions, hundreds of millions of dollars a year to children that are injured by vaccines. My point about this is not to scare people. It's for people to appreciate that there is a risk. I couldn't agree with you more, Dr. Roberts. There is a responsibility that if someone vaccinates That parent and that child, you know, the child obviously less so, but the parents are responsible for that decision. You know, but just the same, if a parent decides I'm not going to vaccinate, there's a responsibility associated with that as well. In the United States, they're pushing for mandatory so that you won't have a choice. There are legal issues. I strongly suggest you reach out to Alan Phillips here in the U.S. about asking about U.S. law. You can also find out so much more for some very brave physicians who spoke to me personally about this topic in the VaccineWorldSummit.com. If you go there, it's perfectly free, and it gives you a lot of information about vaccines, as Dr. Roberts suggests. I know in Canada, it's not mandatory. It's about getting the right healthcare provider that you can work with, but there are Personal, religious, philosophical exemptions to vaccines, you know if it's right for that parent, the choices are there, right, Dr. Roberts, it is available,
1: yes, the choices are there, and you yeah, I think it's important to to know your options and um, even to just know those statistics too as well, right? Um, know your statistics of of the possibility of um, vaccine injuries because I think right now those statistics are about one in a hundred, which I think are, are are pretty dramatic, and I think that that's that's something that you should be aware of.
0: No doubt let's get back to introducing these foods. There are some other factors that we should appreciate. Am I right, Dr. Roberts?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, I had touched on organic foods, and I think that that's an important factor. Um, the other one, um, and, and I know this is a hot topic, too, is the genetically modified organisms. And this is where they've actually gone in and, and changed the DNA of our foods. And, I'm um, sure, they've made it more resistant to herbicides and viruses and, you know, with the potential of it having higher ye- yields in al- agriculture but they made these changes without really understanding the possible long-term effects on human health. And that's what I question is, you know, when you change a food from its its natural source, how well can that body be how well can our bodies be able to recognize it, break it down, assimilate it, metabolize it and and make it into something useful in our bodies. And I think that that's what the challenge is. And so because of that, I really suggest that we avoid feeding our children GMO foods. And the other thing is that we really need to start demanding proper labeling of GMO foods. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it is in the US. I think it's similar to Canada, but really we have no labeling of, of GMO foods. We don't even know what we're eating.
0: Absolutely the same here in the United States. In fact, there are powerful influences with major corporations although those food companies in particular, the wall is breaking down. At first, they were resisting labeling GMOs on food, but now as people are waking up more and more, they don't want to be on the wrong side of this battle and look like a company who doesn't care about informing its consumers. I think they're scared for their bottom line and for their company to fall apart if they aren't in favor of labeling foods that have GMOs. You know what I mean?
1: I love that, yeah. So I love that the, the public and how they're spending their money is um, dictating uh, what these different corporations are doing in terms of the food model. So I, I'm happy to see that that happening. And I think that's going to, in the end, be better for the health of our population.
0: Are there any other factors we should be aware of?
1: I think another key factor is what happens when we microwave our foods. When you microwave the foods, the proteins actually change. And when, they're cha- when they change, our bodies can't recognize it. It's the same as us, as us changing even the DNA in the foods. So when, they, when that molecule changes our bodies have a tough time recognizing it and can actually see, that, see it as a foreign substance. And I know that there's lots of families out there microwaving their food, but um, just being, having some awareness that when you microwave the food, the proteins actually change, and it makes it difficult for our bodies to be able to break down those foods. So I really recommend staying away from those microwaves. And then the other factor is the processed foods, right? So the processed foods that are coming in packages that are really stripped of any nutritional value and have very little uh, benefits to our body because that nutritional value is so low. In doing this, in in making sure that we uh, remove the GMO foods, don't use the microwaves, try and stay away from the packaged foods, and try and eat organic foods, all of these tactics can help to decrease the toxic load in the body, the toxic load on the liver, and then we can make it so that the body is able to grow and develop the way it's designed to do so.
0: You know, Dr. Roberts, I know this is going to sound like I'm coming from way out in left field here because it's not quote-unquote normal in the United States but I still think it's so valuable to mention. And it's the idea that if you're a family that's giving more appreciation for the food that you're about to eat, and look, I was not somebody that did that, but boy, do I feel the difference mentally, emotionally, and physically that before I'm eating the food that's in front of me, I give appreciation and thanks for that food. For children to be seeing their parents doing that, for there to be a state of calm, never to be eating when you're angry and upset. I mean, what a valuable intangible, if you will, to introduce to families that maybe aren't considering this, no?
1: I think, I think that's a great point. I know I don't really touch on that in my book, um, but I think that that's um, a huge factor. And just even the factor of being role models to our children – you know that you know this is a, a plan for a child but you know like if we're all eating this way as a family i think that we can all become healthier as a family and we can all benefit from making significant changes in the way we eat
0: no doubt i mean i can just personally you know full disclosure with all the technology all the crazy stress that i'm under There's nothing more enjoyable, and I know some of the men out there are going to make fun of me like I'm not a man or something, but, you know, I'm only kidding around. But, I, you know, I look forward to going into the kitchen, spending some time with my wife, and just making food, you know what I mean? And if there were little kids around, you know, our child is way older than that now, out of college, but the point is, if there were little kids around watching that, it's like that's a great way to introduce food, making smoothies and juices and making soups and the smells and having a good time and really teaching kids what real food and real health is all about, no? Yeah, I think that's important as well. I know that
1: that happens in our household, too. My, my daughter loves to be involved in all of the um, food preparation, and um, she likes to she likes to help which is is great. And so she's becoming aware of what's healthy foods just by helping.
0: Dr. Roberts, you had mentioned earlier about foods that are more allergic, right? And there's research out there that says, oh, you should introduce them sooner. Like, uh, I guess the mentality is like a vaccine, right? Or somehow you're going to introduce something like kind of toxic to your kid and they're going to build up some sort of defense and you're saying like well maybe we ought to wait for those allergic type foods till later on i mean what's the story here what do you tell your patients
1: yeah so i'm I'm aware of that research the the introduce those allergenic foods early but there's also some other research out there that talks about this developing microbiome and um What they've discovered is that um, that early development of the microbiome in that digestive tract plays a huge role in how the immune system develops. So if we actually can build that microbiome very effectively between birth and age three, that we can have an immune system that actually responds appropriately to an allergen or a protein that's in its environment, and if we have an immune system that reacts appropriately, then we can have then our bodies can not react to that allergen. And so what I found, um, and I know this is anecdotal information, so not truly scientific, but within my patient population who have followed this plan that I've outlined, I found that really um, we've had zero food allergies, zero anaphylactic reactions develop. So it wasn't just a reduction in in food allergies, it was zero. And I think that this is really significant. Um, And I think that if we can get parents to adopt to this way of feeding their children, that we can really make a significant change in terms of, you know, the, the statistics what, that we see in terms of increasing allergies. I think we can decrease allergies for sure.
0: I hope this program provides that spark, like I always say, that motivation for people to say, you know, especially those parents out there or people that wanna be parents, hey, pick up the book right now. Educate yourself, make some moves, you will never regret it, you'll be so happy. Pick up Dr. Roberts' book, Building a Healthy Child. It's such a simple read. It really won't be overwhelming at all. So Anyway, as we close out the program, Dr. Roberts, I'd love for you to speak to those people out there, obviously, who, as I mentioned earlier, may have already had kids. It's been many, many years. They've taken antibiotics. You know, they're eating poor food, but they're looking to make a change. I mean, all is not lost, is it? No,
1: I, I think it's it's never too late to get healthy. I think it might take longer and it might take a bit more work, but um, I think that it's still possible uh, for sure. I think for us to all start getting healthy. Um, I have some chapter. I have a chapter on there on problem foods, and this is one that everyone can benefit from. So I talk about everyone uh, the why we should be staying away from the major problem foods, which are wheat, cows, dairy. Corn, soy, and white refined sugars. I also talk about um, common childhood ailments and how we can treat them naturally. Um, I talk about supplements and different remedies in that book, in my book as well. So I think that there's, um, even though for sure it's a book that's geared towards parents with kids between birth and age three, it can definitely be beneficial to other people. Because really what I'm talking about here is preventative medicine, truly preventative medicine. Because what we can do with this information is we can actually change statistics, right? We can change, what we're seeing is we're seeing increases in allergies and eczema and asthma, and we're seeing epidemics of childhood obesity. We're seeing increased rates of allergies in our children. And we have an opportunity to be able to change that if we can just build a solid foundation right from the beginning. And, and even if we start changing up that foundation in children who are a bit older or even in those parents, we can work on preventing chronic disease later in life.
0: Dr. Roberts, I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm looking at the uh, front cover of your book here. That kid looks so strong. I mean, he looks scary. Like, don't take away my carrots, my lemons, my apples in front of me, and my greens. I mean, this kid is tough.
1: Yeah, I, I, lo- I love that he's flexing. He got a baby flexing. I think it's super cute.
0: Dr. Roberts, I want to thank you so much for your time. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. For more information about Dr. Roberts, visit com. Next week, we'll have a great show for you. Be sure to check this page for updates coming soon. If you know someone who would like to hear these free weekly shows, tell them to go to naturalhealth365.com and register now. Natural Health 365 Talk Hour show recordings, special events, and discounts are available exclusively for Inner Circle monthly subscribers. Simply click the banner on this page and subscribe today. I'm your host, Jonathan Landsman. I hope you enjoyed this program. Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you soon. Take care.